Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First, Maya Ledesma. Hello. Sam Schultz. Hello. And Tobin Addington. Hi. And Tobin is the one who selected this movie today. <laughs> Thank you, Tobin. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. I want to know you, I want to know why, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we all want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, today here to talk about the 2005, I believe? Two, six, six, I think. Six. Okay, so a year after I started grad school. Excellent. Mm. That's how I have to quantify everything. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in grad school. Uh, the 2006 sequel, Basic Instinct 2, starring Sharon Stone and a bunch of other people. Yep. <laughs> who are all very good. Mm-hmm. It has a subtitle too, doesn't it? That Risk was addiction. On Risk in, addiction. In some, I think once, it, after it was in theaters, it mm-hmm. obtained a subtitle on like home video and on some streaming It's like Star uh-huh. Wars. Uh, yes. Because yes, originally it was just Star Wars, and then on the re-release in 80, they it became A New, a Hope, new Hope, Episode, episode 4, four A New Hope. But this mm-hmm. is no Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jumping ahead. Um, yeah, so uh, no, Sharon Stone, David Thewlis, wonderful actor. David mm-hmm. Thewlis is a wonderful actor. He's been mm-hmm. in some absolute horrid shit. This, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. And, um, oh, was and, he Dr. Moreau? No, that was... Um, oh, yes. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Brando. Right. He was like right. the second-in-command guy. Okay. No, wasn't that Val Kilmer? No, Val Kilmer was the main character who comes to the... Oh, maybe it was? No, it's, that was reversed. It's reversed. <laughs> you know, that's the other movie that when you asked what to do, that was the other one that came to mind. Oh, man, that one. Whew. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin with it. I know. I've seen it. I don't remember much of it. Exactly the yeah. same. <laughs> so, but we didn't. We got Basic Instinct 2. Uh, <laughs> yay. yay. Uh, so, yeah, apparently this had been in uh, like in development for a long time. So the first Basic Instinct, huge hit. Like a massive hit, did really great things for both Michael Douglas's career, who was he was not in a bad place, but mm-hmm. like it still was great for his career. It redefined Sharon Stone as a star. Mm-hmm. She had not been she had been in big movies, but she had not been a movie star. She had not been the driving force. And Basic Instinct was the movie that kind of did that for mm-hmm. her. Um, and if you go back and watch it, like it's, it's she really, you know, she really shines in that movie. Mm-hmm. But she as I, I texted um Tobin to basically ask, I thought Sharon Stone was a good actor. Am I wrong about that? And he was like, no, you give her a good director and she's great. And of course, the first film is directed by Paul Verhoeven, who has directed some great films. RoboCop being my personal favorite of his, but Total Recall, which also had Sharon Stone in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's done a bunch of movies and mm-hmm. for girls, but he, he has done a bunch of quality movies. Uh, Starship Troopers is another one that uh-huh. I don't particularly enjoy, but a lot of people really love. And I think it's only grown in people's mm-hmm. um, estimation yeah. estimation yeah. over time so so a very capable director he made basic instinct and um massive hit didn't come back for the second one i think he went back to uh holland to make films in dutch mm-hmm. um, black book is a movie of his a dutch movie of his that's fantastic it's a world war ii he's a wonderful filmmaker yeah like he really is and has a sense of the wacky that it can still he's one of those few filmmakers that can make something both wacky and outlandish, but also deadly serious. Mm-hmm. And that is a bizarre combination. But he is able to do it. And I mean, look no further than RoboCop like RoboCop. Just the idea alone is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yet it works on a very 
it works on both a satirical level and it works on like a cool sci-fi level right. and on an emotional level, mm-hmm. which is also bizarre. Uh, and the same can kind of be said for Total Recall. But uh, yeah, anyway. I'm getting carried away it's with this. It's not that movie. It's the yeah. next movie. No, it's, so, but Sharon Stone uh, had wanted to come back and make a second Basic Instinct for a while, and it just kept falling into production hell over and over again. So mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about that. But before we get too far into that, we need to do a 60-second plot dump, and I'm going to have Tobin do it. Good few. <laughs> I knew this was coming. I f- yeah, I mean, you know. I'm I'm anything if not predictable. <laughs> or I'm anything if predictable? No, I'm anything if not predictable. I don't know. Nothing if not predictable. Nothing if not predictable. Thank you. I am anything. I am anything and nothing. All right. 60 second plot dump of Basic Instinct 2 Risk Addiction in 3, 2, 1. We pick up with Catherine Trammell, the femme fatale from Basic Instinct, a few years later in London. After an accident, question mark, involving sex and a speeding car that kills a famous soccer star, Catherine receives a court-mandated psychological evaluation from Dr. Michael Glass. He diagnoses her with something called risk addiction, and they begin a (laughs) psychological and eventually physical affair, sparring with one another while people in Michael's life keep dying, including his ex-wife and a reporter who has it out for him, who was sleeping with the ex-wife, and on and on. Is Catherine a killer or just an unlucky novelist? Subplot, subplot, subplot. His life, com- uh, Michael's life comes crashing down, and in the end, he ends up killing his strangely suspicious detective friend and then being locked up in an institution. Catherine comes to visit him and lays out a theory that he actually did all the murders, but we don't know where that goes, whether that's true or not, and that's the end of the movie. It's funny, though. Did you get it in in under a minute? Yeah, he Dang, still had like good. eight seconds left. Holy shit. You got to write them out before you come on. That's what uh. I do. See, this is the thing. You saying that outline sounds much more fascinating yeah. than the movie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. to me, yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she has to get a psychological evaluation, and then it, it becomes lurid, and, 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 and then his life starts to fall apart, and he starts going. Like, that all sounds really cool, and that is what happens. But <laughs> let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with Maya. So sure. you, you had not seen the first one. I hadn't. So you decided to watch the first one and prep for this. I did. How did that go? That was fine. Like, I understand, like, the appeal of that movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with watching that movie was that following it with this one, I ended up comparing it to that first one. I couldn't <laughs> help but make comparisons. It's a sequel. So yes, you have, like, that's expected, right? Yes. I mean, it's basically, it takes the formula of the first one, which is, you know, Femme Vitale, like, seduces, you know, man into you know, sleeping with her and stuff, and then also kills people. Like, they took that formula and tried to apply it to this movie, but this time he's a psychiatrist instead of a detective or whatever. And it's much sexier. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It it didn't work. It just, it, it fell flat. Just, so. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fine. Sam. Abby didn't like that sound. Abby doesn't like my sounds. <laughs> She's fine with me talking, but if I ever make a, a sound effect, she gets she very upset. She's a real critic. Yeah. Um, I have never seen the first Basic Instinct, and I didn't watch it to prepare myself for this one. Uh, And this movie was an alien made this movie. A robot (laughs) came down from space and made this weird movie that's the most generic, like, early 2000s movie. Mm -hmm. Everything's, like, glass, and it's like what a a 
lame guy thinks a cool thing like cool people do like what somebody doesn't know what psychiatrist thinks psychiatrists oh my do God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry as somebody who's a psychology major like that part infuriated me like, yeah. that's not what oh they do <laughs> and, I, I, I just have tinkered in psychology in terms of like reading about it we did a series on it on crash course right. so i learned about that uh-huh. right. and I, the whole time that he was talking to her i was squinting going you doing because <laughs> yeah. this can't be how you're supposed this to do is not, it. Yeah. This, what are you doing anyway continue it doesn't Sam. seem particularly helpful <laughs> um, <laughs> i guess part of it is you do find out he's kind of a bad psychologist right. like, oh, or psychiatrist they like, had to like they had to like cram in a whole uh, completely off-screen subplot where he was previously a bad psychiatrist or yeah. psychologist. So then you know that when he's making mistakes, he's not just a total moron. Yeah. He's got some kind of I don't know. He's a and moron then, and a bad psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, every twist is like untwisted and then retwisted again mm. three different times. So then at the end, she like lays out the whole thing and then she's like, but that could just be something I made up. <laughs> so you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. It's a very frustrating movie. You said two things to me that I think are profoundly good uh-huh. ab- about this movie. The first one was you texted me last night and I think it is the most accurate thing I've ever <laughs> heard anyone say about any movie we've ever watched on here. Go ahead, read the read the tweet. Tra- text. I said... It's like a fake movie in another movie that they would cut to. Like there's an actor, you said like in Friends, Joey. Like Drake Joey Ramore. would be talking about yeah. the movie and then it would show a clip from this movie and the, all the friends would be sitting around watching it and they'd be like, oh, it's really good, Joey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He'd be like the reporter guy with the giant suit and the really weird haircut who who just, I don't know what the point of any of the characters are. And then what was the other thing? The but, other thing, I don't know if it's as profound, but it, it was my feeling was it was like, the movie makes you go, oh, it's her. No, it's him. Wait, it was you. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and we get to the end, both Sam and I, I don't know if this is true for Maya and Tobin, but both Sam and I were like, did he do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it you guys both think that. It flashbacks of I, him doing it. Yeah. But there's one, but when he, his wife ends up dead, you see him, you follow him the whole way through there. Yeah. Like, his hands aren't covered in blood until he touches her and sees her dead in there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think there's any way to know. Maybe the person who made the movie doesn't know. Maybe nobody knows. They probably think it's cool that that's, you quote no unquote don't know, but mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah. so what a cop. Oh, I just so I, w- I was good. reading okay. it as though he was looking at her. Cause at the end he looks drugged out of his mind right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he, and she's explaining to him mm-hmm. that the, you know, that actually you did it, blah, blah, blah. And he gives her this smile. Yeah. Now, I read that because my brain could not accept the fact that he actually did any of these things. Because one, he's not smart. <laughs> and, and two, uh, what you said, Sam, like it doesn't like logistically make any sense for some of these From things. what we see on screen. Yeah. Right? Right. And you could have an unreliable narrator. Right. But that's not what this movie feels like. No. Mm-hmm. But then I thought... He's looking at her and smiling because he's going like, you crafty SOB, you, you did this. I thought he was trying to like do a primal scream when his mouth was twitching like that. I guess I didn't read it as a smile, but maybe. When I was writing out like the synopsis for this, like in the case that I had to do the 60 second plot dump, (laughs) I ended it by saying like, you know, all you see is like him dead behind the eyes and then the face, like the faintest hint of a smile. And I'm like, oh, maybe he did do it. I don't know. That's what it says on Wikipedia or something? No, that's when I was writing it out. Uh, uh, (laughs) Well, and the question would be, do we care? Right. Mm Because it is kind of cool. Like, 
She <laughs> just not know. She is the unreliable narrator in his life, like r- ruining him. Yeah. But then in that kind of movie at the end, you sort of have to know what the real answer is or the movie has to be made much better so that you actually like there is no way to know in a satisfying way so you can piece it all together you can't just be character saying ah but I didn't do it you have to (laughs) see more than just that well Tobin yeah you suggested this movie I did what what do you have to say for yourself (laughs) explain yourself sir Uh, so I really really like the original basic instinct i can't you um you can't absolve it of all its sins there are problems with it oh um, yeah yeah uh, in in a lot of ways it but is also a, a ludicrous movie for sure for sure but and, i think it embraces that yeah there's a there the, um verhoven knows how to make a lurid movie a movie yeah. that is over the top and operatic and the camera swoops through all these things. There's just so much energy in it. And it kind of, it knows it's pulpy. Like it yeah. understands that it's, then that pulpy, as you're saying, is ridiculous. And that that's, and if you can invest in that, sometimes you can find some humanity underneath that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Michael Douglas, the, who's the main character of the first movie, he is a real shit. <laughs> uh, and we are used to that. Um, if, you, if you, I mean, a lot of film noir. That's not not uncommon. That your detective is like a you know a piece of shit. Yeah. Except that this movie like really scratches at it. And you're like, oh my god, he's like a bad person, and and that's revealed through all these interactions that are, that are sort of, that's going that the you know that are going on in a way that that's much more interesting. So anyway, I, because I had such affection for that, and I knew that this was like the reviews of this movie were. Oh, it's it's been savage. Were awful <laughs> when it came out. Yeah. And so I'd always in my mind I'm like was it, I wonder if it's really as bad as people thought it was or if it's just that in in relation to the movie that came before it's just such a letdown. So that's kind of why I was sort of curious almost you know. So you had never seen it before? No. You monster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do, movies like this I don't usually watch more than once. So if I had right. seen this, I probably wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked it. You'd be uh, like, oh no, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but then I would like the answer to your question, which is: is it worth is it worth the seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't think so. Okay, so it's it's not it's more comparing it to that first I one. I think so. I mean, it's not good. It's very it's it's not what it's not. A good movie. No, I would agree with that. It is a bad movie, but maybe like a 20% Rotten Tomatoes instead of seven. Like it's not, I I, I feel like maybe it was a little little savaged. It's so generic that that low score seems like too mean. Yeah, save that for something else, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and since it's an aggregate, it just means that this is how many people disliked it, right? So a 7% just means oh. only 7% of people liked it, oh. which feels accurate. Well, that, that might be true. Oh, but yeah, 7% okay. makes you think, because we think in terms of like grades, yeah. right? Mm, right. And you think of in terms of grades, you're like, oh, 7%, Jesus, what, did you show up at all? <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. like, so, but it, it still, it got savaged. It won all kinds of Razzies, which is not an aggregate. That's just people, I don't like the Razzies, yeah. frankly. Mm. Um, Too mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, th- I think it's mean. Um, and I think it's it's weird, too, because I know they're savaging Hollywood people who have all the money and, uh, you know, and it's a it's a whatever million dollar film. But mm-hmm. like when people say, oh, this is the worst film of the year. I'm like, you don't watch bad movies. If you think <laughs> right. Right. if you think Gigli was the first th- the worst thing to come out that year, you don't watch bad movies. You don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> things like that. Yeah. I have to agree. I 
I got done. Maya and I were talking about this. I got done and I was kind of like, I kind of like some stuff in this movie. I like the overall bones of the idea, Mm -hmm. especially if it would not have been called Basic Instinct 2. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think if you had made this a different thriller. Just called Risk Addiction. Call it The Analyst. Like the book. Or The Analyst. Or The Analyst, Risk Addiction, whatever you want to call it. I think... And then not have her be this, try to be the same character. She could still be in it. Yeah, but she could still be in yeah. it. Um, and she did that for a while. She did a lot of sexy thrillers. Mm-hmm. Like she did Sliver, which mm-hmm. is not a great film, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have liked it more, but having to compare it to Basic Instinct, which I haven't seen in probably 20 years, but I really, I got a kick out of it mm-hmm. when I watched it. I liked all of the actors. I, I The other thing that Paul Verhoeven is really good at is constructing a scene. That is something that is not present in here. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, the director is a good director. He, he's done some good work. He did Rob Roy, which is a very good film, very good period drama with Liam Neeson and Tim Roth. And Jessica Lange. And Jessica Lange, uh, who's also incredible in there. Yep. Um, like there's uh, so there he, he definitely has some talent. Um, but in here, I don't know. It all felt so generic to me. And Basic Instinct does not feel generic. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a weird experience to watch this and think, oh, this is a part two that something it shared. The only thing it shares is like her and sexuality. And and that's pretty much it. Like everything else, they got rid of the ice pick thing. She does have a moment with an ice pick in this movie. Wait, she does? Yeah, she picks up an ice pick and she's like. Hell yeah. Oh, Jesus. Here's my ice cream. <laughs> yeah, okay. She looks at it knowingly. Mm-hmm. That's the gif, the gif I sent you. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does she do it in the first one? Did she do it? Well, Ice Pick plays a big role in the first Well, I one. know she's ice picking people because I read the Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> did she well, do she it, though? Is. You're supposed to believe yeah. that she probably did, that she drove, okay. uh, is it Janine Triplehorn or Jeannie Triplehorn? I think it's Jean Triplehorn. Jean, Jean. Jean Triplehorn. Yeah. You're supposed to believe that she played a part in driving her mad uh-huh. and made her... Do some ice pick murders? Yeah, yeah. or try uh-huh. to. Like, she attempted to murder Michael Douglas, right? Gene did? Yeah, or wait a moment, what am I thinking? His, yeah, his ex-wife. I didn't get that from the movie. Well, no, because she comes at someone. Oh, maybe. Yeah, she comes at someone in that movie. Yeah. And she gets arrested, and she's like, well, she's doing it with an ice pick, so therefore it must be her. But then at the end of, basic, I think the last shot of yes. Basic Instinct is a crane under the bed, and that's you see the ice pick. For the, yeah. 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 Oh, that's why he's not in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why he's not in the sequel. And that's why when she's reaching under the bed in that one part. Right. Yeah, that's a callback like, to the end of the, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but I instead she so gets a the subtlety belt. of the film. Yep, she does. And I don't know. Like, it's a trust exercise at that point. It is, but it's like... Well, I don't know. It was exhausting to me for a lot of reasons. Uh, he's having sex with this woman. And there's a moment when the cop, David Thewlis, is trying to get the name of who he's having sex with. And he seems really sheepish about it. And I can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. Like, why does he not want to tell the cop who she is? Does it have something to do with that he murdered the guy? Like, I mean, I guess if you go if with did, that... But then it doesn't make sense because you see him having sex with the lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot. <laughs> and this is the thing. I think this is the big thing. And you guys tell me what you think. But like, I feel like in something that is as dumb as this plot is, uh-huh. you need to be operatic. And you need to be like, uh, you know, the, your movie kind of has to be loony. Mm-hmm. And Basic Instinct 1 is that. It is It is an over-the-top, operatic, psychosexual 
um, thing that exists all in and of itself. And then when you do it here, but you try to make it more realistic and more slick, Mm -hmm. then you're paying attention to the plot. Right. And the plot in this is, is terrible. It doesn't hold up. It's just a bunch of people who are acting relatively realistically doing completely bonkers shit. Right. right. Except for Sharon it. Stone, right. who is acting like a femme fatale from the 1940s. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. so weird. Oh, poor Sharon. I, and that was why I texted you. I was like, she's terrible in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she always terrible? I, have I just made this up? She's still acting in a Verhoeven movie. It's just that the movie around her is not a Verhoeven movie. Oh, that's what it is. No You're one else right. is on her level. Right. No one else is playing at that, like playing to the back seats, right? Yeah. I mean, they're oh all my too, God. Yeah, they're all too like muted and <laughs> British. They're all, they're all like drugged, <laughs> like the guy in the car at the beginning. They're like. And, and interestingly, like that opening scene, I'm like, I'm on board for this. Mm-hmm. This seems wild. Mm-hmm. And then it goes nowhere else. Mm-hmm. None of that. There's none of, there's no other great like risk stuff. Like they opened with their great risk yeah. scene. The only one is when he is. I guess. I mean, great, great, but uh, not great. But when he's like got her under the water and she's smiling and she's at him, smiling because yeah. she's gotten him like if 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 you take that as she's actually addicted to risk, if that's even a thing and that he, she has tricked him into tr- like almost killing her and drowning her in the water. And like that's how she gets off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then again, described that way, that could be interesting in a movie. It's just, she looks pretty creepy under the water. She too. Does. I was going to say that was a great visual yeah. in mm-hmm. a movie that didn't have a lot of great visuals, right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. but I don't want to say that it's badly shot. Cause it's wonderfully shot. It looks great. Like it as a car commercial. Yeah, totally. It, it, it's slick. It's high class TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks slick, and it, it, but it's but the, but the movie is not <laughs> slick. No, it's clunky. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I absolutely fucking bizarre to me. <laughs> it was a bizarre experience. But the biggest one is when Maya and I first started talking about it because mm-hmm. I think we both watched it the same night. Yeah, I think both of us were just like, I don't think it's that bad. And then the more we talked about it (laughs) and the more Sam talked about it Mm -hmm. and the more I thought about it, the more I went, this is really dumb. (laughs) Like this movie is, is dumb. Uh Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just absolutely surprising to me that you could have, I guess it shouldn't be. I, I don't know. Sequels are hard. I think if I think about really great sequels, like what are your guys' favorite sequels? Godfather, Godfather two. Okay. Mm, Godzilla, mm-hmm. King of the Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sam can sit this one out. <laughs> you didn't see it. I didn't. I have no know. idea. I don't know. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Winter Soldier is a call. great sequel. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is probably the pinnacle, I mean, right? I'm, I'm naming the, you know, these are big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say Aliens is my pick. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aliens good is good. One. You know, yeah. Aliens is my pick. But like you, you, you pick and choose, right? It's right. not like there are so few sequels <laughs> that are good or better than the original. Right. Mm-hmm. They're usually a, a, co- a dull copy mm-hmm. yep. of that original. I feel like a lot of superhero movies are kind of the, they follow kind of the opposite trajectory, at least modern ones do, where they will play it really safe in the first one. And then by the time they get to the second one uh-huh. or third one, like Thor, they'll start doing like the really Wacky weird stuff. stuff. Yeah, try something else. Yeah. 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 That's, that's not, but like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 sucks. So that doesn't always really work. <laughs> I like, like Guardians maybe that's 2. Fra- maybe that's franchise <laughs> that filmmaking like as opposed imita- to. imitation though. I, I feel like that one's trying so hard to be Guardians 1, but. Maybe. I don't I would agree. Yeah. But I'm, there's like something, some spark missing from it. In I'm in the opinion. minority here. Yeah. I know that they lost their first writer. Yeah. 
Because um, James Gunn a- ran her. A- Amy. Yeah. 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 So I, I, uh, who knows? But like among all of these things that we're talking about, it's like something that that expands on the mythology a little bit. Yeah. Because like even a film series I like, like I really like, like Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. the sequels are not as good as that first Right. Um, mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. right? There is a certain magic that's captured there. And I think that's true of filmmaking in general. There's a magic you're trying to capture. Mm-hmm. Capture through the chaos, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I just this as a sequel sort of blows my mind. Here's an interesting thing. And this is kind of going to go into my how to fix it. So I won't talk too much about it here. But there were a lot of people attached to this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I'll get to the most interesting one sort of last. But Michael Douglas was uh, set up to reprise his role. Hmm. But he decided I'm too old to do this anymore mm-hmm. in 2006. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and he'd also gone on to doing different things. Like there are these actors we watch. We were talking about this with uh, Ray Fiennes that go mm. through these periods, you know, of where, okay, he's the hunky leading man. Right. Then he goes on and then he plays these oddball characters for right. a while. And then he plays these other characters. Right. And Michael Douglas has done that fairly gracefully totally. as well. Totally. Um, uh, Sharon Stone had to sue the producers at one point sue them of this movie of this movie okay. Okay. because it was supposed to get produced like i think in the late 90s mm-hmm. like it was it was supposed to get done and supposed to get done when did the first one come out 92 okay. yeah and she kept pressing for it to get done and they kept running into roadblocks and running into roadblocks and every time they'd ramp up she would not take other acting gigs mm-hmm. uh, and so there's a period of time where you can actually see she's not in that much mm-hmm. and that was largely because this movie she kept wanting to get it made and the producers were not pulling it together and so she she sued them they finally came to an idea of like okay we'll get it produced this year 2005 or six Uh you know or i guess four or five and she dropped the suit and everybody seemed to be friends after that but i don't know how he i don't know if i how'd you go to work then yeah that's yeah i feel like at that point you say okay as part of the settlement let's transfer this to a different group of producers yeah. is a producer on set frequently can be okay. depends on the size and the scope and hmm. everything i don't know tobin what's your experience yeah no that? that's uh, some are some aren't depends on yeah. their level of engagement with the actual thing so yeah um i would imagine like kevin feige is probably on set here and there for the marvel stuff but he's also got a lot going on mm-hmm. uh lord of the rings um barry osborne actually shot uh different units Oh, cool. So it's uh, actually one of my favorite scenes was shot by Barry Osborne in that film and not. Which in, in those films. Uh It's the one where it's at the end of Fellowship of the Ring where the Ur- it's the Aragorn fights the Urukai. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, like even when I watched it in the theater, I was like, this scene's badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he throws a knife at him and Aragorn yeah. fucking chops yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And I'm yeah. like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Peter Jackson, yo. And then actually, no, it's Barry Osborne. Yeah, that's great. Uh, shot that. Yeah. And that was just because they had so much to get. Right. That. Barry Osborne's like, I can I can shoot third unit, fourth unit, whatever you need right. to right. get this done. And New Line was in trouble at the time. So they're like, no, get the movie made. <laughs> um, so uh, so it, it depends. Uh, sometimes they will be, as Tobin said, depends on how involved they are. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's tough because a lot of times you have producing directors, which Peter Jackson was on Lord of the Rings. Right. So, eh. okay. And Barry was not an executive producer. So I don't know if he was over Peter Jackson or not. I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Boy, was I not there. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, so, okay. Bringing it back to basic instinct yeah, yeah. too. Sadly. 
sadly. Sadly. <laughs> I want to talk about good things in this film, if you can. Sam? I don't think I... I don't know. <laughs> what Did you enjoy anything in this? I don't think I did. I don't... Just from frame one, you were like, this is shit. Uh, no, I didn't think it was... I never... I don't think I ever thought this is like the worst, most laughable movie I've ever seen. It's just so not the kind of movie that I would be interested in watching. Mm. Like if it was something that popped up on TV, I would watch... I would watch like a frame of it and be like, this is not going to be something that I'm at all remotely interested in. And like all the sets were so weird and they felt so like empty and fake, like you never got a sense for where anybody was or like what was even going on. Like, I don't know. No, I don't think I liked anything about it. <laughs> that weird little, that man with the crazy hair. I liked him. <laughs> you like the reporter? No, no. No, no the, like um, the psychiatrist guy. Yeah. Like oh the boss God, I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he, he came out of some other movie into this movie, right? Yeah. He's like, he wanted out some Stone. other set. Some other set. Yeah. Different movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got you right. Oh, Charlotte Rampling is in it. I oh, love yeah. Charlotte Rampling. Yeah. She's so good. She's, she's so good. She's uh, she's wasted. She was the colleague. Uh, sort of, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Oh, I liked her. She was cool. Yeah. yeah. She was um, Zardoz. I kind of liked <laughs> when it started. I kind of liked the scene at the end when they're fighting over the gun and she's like, your friend, the cop, he's bad. And if that had maybe been the conclusion of the film, if the friend, the cop had been bad, I would have liked it better. Uh, that part, I, I guess I liked. All right. I kind of like liked the part where he was mad, where he's like talking about the drawing on the psychiatrist wall, the I smell blood one. Mm. I thought oh, that yeah. scene was kind of cool for mm-hmm. some reason. But um, to that point, I thought it was enough of a twist mm-hmm. for it to actually be the cop. Yeah, that was doing things, right? And he had fucked that all up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. By not being willing to talk about the thing that happened before. Yeah, that like the the reporters were going after the cop, and she was going after the cop. Everybody was trying to corner the cop, but he was such a dumbass that like it fit into his character that he was the one that screwed this up. So I that was something that I liked. And then when they turned it back around, that it, no, it's actually her, no, it's actually the shrink. What is happening? Or but maybe was still the cop. Maybe it we was. We don't right. really know. Right. We don't know. And I, I don't mind if a, if a movie leaves me wondering, ooh, what was the truth? But I feel like this movie didn't know. Yeah. Itself. I like that she can write a novel so fast that oh, she's just God. writing in real time yeah. about the stuff that's happening to her. <laughs> and then it's published like that. I mean, it's like, <laughs> shit happened. I mean, this is amazing. She must be a very famous novelist. So, she's certainly know. very famous. I don't know how she has time to write you know, all the anything. sex and, yeah. Yeah. and, and her, the outfit she wears as she sits there at the perches on the edge of her, right? I mean, yeah. this is, oh, that was another thing I hated. Everybody looked so uncomfortable in their clothes. Every outfit was just completely wrong. She had like, she either had stuff that was just like made of fabric that looked so bad or just ugly like 90s stuff and all the men's suits were so huge it was like the worst of the early 2000s like every bad 2000s impulse was in this movie i thought um david morrissey looked great is he the psychiatrist yeah okay he was fine he's tall and when you're yeah yeah, exactly when you're really tall and lean suits look good yes Mm -hmm. but everybody else the poor cop everything they put on him was just (laughs) yeah just everything was too big Uh, it looked like a david byrne video right david (laughs) bernie talking heads yeah you know what i'm talking david byrne okay now i don't know i don't know confused me too bad yeah i have no idea what was is it were there good things what did you what did you like about it I, I like the idea of setting it in London. I think moving to sort of like, you know, again, uh, knowing the first one and how much San Francisco is a part of that movie, like transplanting it to a, 
upper crust, stiff upper lip. Like the idea of, of this American novelist who maybe also a psycho killer coming to these like, mm-hmm. you know, repressed buttoned British button down yeah, upper crust and people, like blowing everything mm-hmm. up. Yeah, like yeah. that's I, that's that's a neat idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Was there anything in the first movie that would make you think she had risk obsession or whatever risk addiction? Uh, Is that something that? Not that I remember. No. Okay. She just really liked sex. Yeah. And was. She just took no shit from anyone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The great scene in there, it's it, the scene with her being interrogated. It's a reason it's a good scene. It says everything you need to know about her character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that she's not, she's not um, embarrassed of anything. She doesn't care about rules as they relate to her or anyone else. The smoking thing mm-hmm. in, the smoking thing in Basic Instinct is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts in sort of infecting other characters, which is mm-hmm. is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that scene is pretty much her. She's just like the rules of modern society don't apply to me. Right. M- prove me wrong. In this one, and they I, try and they can't. In this right. one, I got the impression from her character that that was a put on. I guess like she seemed really insecure in a lot of moments. But I guess in the end, that's kind of twisted around, and she's doing it on purpose. But also, she read to me as like trying to be that way i'm so glad you said this oh okay this is one of the great lessons in directing or acting but but directing is where i come at it from the idea of uh if you want somebody to appear angry and threatening Mm -hmm. a lot of times the most basic um, instinct. Instinct. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do that. Um, a lot of times the most basic instinct is for the person to yell and puff up. Right. But that make can make you look insecure uh-huh. and unsure of yourself. And so a lot of times you'll see really seasoned actors. They don't have the big yelling spectacle as much as they get quieter, the more angry they get. Right. And it's like this this rage burning inside and that becomes scarier. Mm-hmm. Early Pacino versus late Pacino. Yes. <laughs> like, it seems like Pacino's lost something. Right. And, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a thing. Like when she, I, I read that too, that in the first film, she's very sure of herself. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Right, Maya? Yeah. You've seen this Absolutely. most recently. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, and in this one, she doesn't. I agree. She seems... Uh, yeah she feels very self-conscious and 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 fragile almost at times but she's putting on this big performance right and it Mm. feels like a fucking performance Uh and that's where it goes back into like everything in this movie is fake if we're focused on her and she feels fake and she feels like she's covering up for something one it doesn't feel like that same character yeah it, it, it all reminds me that one of my critiques of the movie is that, first of all, it feels unnecessary, which we've talked about, but mm-hmm. partly because in the same way that you don't want – I don't, I didn't want to know how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. I, d- I don't want the sequel to Silence of the Lambs to tell me all about how Hannibal becomes Hannibal. Oh, God. You know, I, I forgot <laughs> about that. Or, for, or I guess that's a sequel. It's after. But like it, it goes – like that becomes sort of the main character and we, then we have to like plumb the depths of this character as opposed to them being just – kind of a, uh, an elemental thing, yeah. you know? And that's I, my memory of, and I, I watch it once in a while, uh, basically instinct is that she is, she's just p- sort of, p- there's a purity to her in that movie. Not, 
in the sort of traditional, you know, um, virginal purity kind of thing. But like just she's she is her she is her or her essence is very pure. And in this is like now we have to kind of ex- like she's got risk addiction is how we're explaining yeah. this character uh, who was this mm-hmm. like mis- like mystery, you know, right. that made some kind of sense. My was that your impression having yeah. seen it recently? Yeah, yeah definitely. That I would I would agree with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maya, was there anything you liked about it? I was trying to think. Uh Nothing that really stood out to me is like, ooh, I would definitely watch that part over and over again. <laughs> like maybe, maybe like the intro sequence with the car, like that was interesting, but not enough to like, you know, keep me engaged throughout the entire movie. Sure. And I think that was the thing too for me was like yeah. that opening scene. I was like, oh yeah, more of this. Mm-hmm. I'd be on board, mm-hmm. but I'd still prefer it were not Basic Instinct 2. Yeah. You call it risk addiction. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that actually plays into something else we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> Just, you know, foreshadowing. <laughs> what? So one of my least favorite lines in this movie that I think kind of sums up, because I think a big part of the problem of this movie is is the writing. And, I mean, there's lots oh, of problems. The, direc- uh, the, the oh. directing is not doing anybody any favors, as we've talked about. But it's also, the, the, I think, Nick, I think you talked about being clunky, like not slick. Like you can feel the gears yeah of the movie shift. Now this is the scene where he's going to get really angry. So we know he can be angry and it, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. all, it's all sort of telegraphed yeah. to sort of explain twists that don't really matter. And we don't care through the whole movie. We don't care. She <laughs> says, she says at one point in the movie, uh, as, as again, as she's, tr- as the movie is trying to make sense of itself, she says to the psychiatrist, do you think it's possible you want me, you want me to be the killer? You know how some guys are into blondes and others are into killers. Oh, oh God. No. Yeah. That line too. I, I, I also noted that line where I was like, I had to something s- is wrong with this. I don't know if it's the line, the delivery or the movie it's in. Imagine being asked to deliver that line. I mean, what a, horrible line and i stopped and rewound it sure that i didn't hear that right and then wrote it down so that i would not forget it because it was emblematic of all the things that are uh, so many of the things that i think that are wrong with this movie yeah um and yeah so anyway and a similar note it bothered me in the courthouse the psychiatrist is talking about how she thinks she's omnipotent Mm-hmm. And then he leaves the courthouse and the reporter comes up and talks to him and he's like, oh, how's the case of the omnipotent blonde murderer going? And he was and then he talks about how he specifically was not in the courtroom to hear him say that. And that's such a weird word to describe somebody with. And then she uses it a bunch throughout the thing, too. And they just keep repeating the word omnipotent. And it's so it's so annoying because it's such a word. I do not think means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, it's a word that sticks out so much. Yeah. Especially for somebody who wasn't there for two people to independently describe this character who doesn't seem to be omnipotent at all. No. As omnipotent. Unless you believe the end where she is able to sort of – Oh, they've the seen The novel the she's already. writing is the right. life she is sort of concocting or, you know, like mm. I suppose, but like, oh, God. Really? Maybe. <laughs> So she wrote the book first and then made it happen. She's writing it as it's happening, I think, is the idea. Mm -hmm. Because she does talk about visualizing and making things happen. And part of the issue with the first movie is that the murders that are happening that she may or may not be connected to were – she had written in a, in a oh, book. Oh, she had already written the she was already, book. She was already a – yeah, wrote these kinds of books. That makes more sense than this thing. Yeah. Yeah. See, and here's the thing. I think that terrible line – delivered properly could work but it would be a different character 
Like you could have somebody who's going, you know, is it, do you think maybe you just like me because I may be a killer? <laughs> you know how some people like blondes and some people like killers. <laughs> I was thinking of it like yeah. a snappy and like snappy, like forties movie dialogue. Maybe it would work too. Like, like his like, girl Friday. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> like a, a weird fast joke or something. You know, some people like blondes, <laughs> yeah. some people like killers. <laughs> I think anything other than what was delivered, <laughs> which is a shame Yeah. because again, I think Sharon Stone is very talented. And, and has the ability to be intimidating mm-hmm. and to be all of these things that she was supposed to be. But I, I don't know, maybe she just wasn't feeling it. She wasn't getting the proper notes. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, and her not feeling it seems weird to me because she wants to make another one. Or yeah. like she likes this character. So there was some kind of struggle going on, yeah. I feel like, that she just couldn't do what she wanted to do or something. Or she was going to do what she wanted to yeah, do that's, and the movie around her is not be. doing that's true. her version i mean with all of the evidence at hand i think that's probably yeah what happened she wants to direct the third one i mean maybe it would be good and probably. maybe this is what happens when you sue the producers of the movie that then you're gonna oh, make yeah. i mean that's possible you're not yeah. then in control of how a lot of shit works out you know <laughs> yeah i mean so there's a big thing in both in directing and in editing which is finding a unity to the performances so everybody feels like they're in the same scene everybody feels like they're in the same movie in the same story uh-huh. um and, you know, hopefully through three or four takes, you can get everybody where you need them to be through rehearsal and whatever. But editing is where you often find that because you're like, yeah, this is a quote unquote better performance on this person's side, but it doesn't match mm-hmm. right. this performance. So therefore, I can't really use this performance because this is the best performance we have over here. Right. So you got to kind of match all of those things. Um and obviously, as you're working with better actors, better directors, better, better, you know, everything that becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it obviously wasn't happening here. She mm-hmm. was in a different movie. Mm-hmm. I even think David Thewlis was in a different movie. Mm-hmm. I liked him, though. Yeah. Like he was quirky and weird, but he seemed like he was coming from fucking Harry Potterville. I mean, he was. <laughs> oh, I guess that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> he was filming at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, he was. Was mm-hmm. he a werewolf? Yeah. Okay. Oh, werewolf teacher. Yeah. yeah. Werewolf t- loop loop Lupin. Lupin. That's clever. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, J.K. Like, Rowling uh, doesn't yeah. care a lot about that. <laughs> <sighs> it's a book for children. So. I know. <laughs> and not children. And not children. Those books are great. The movies are great. No, Some of them so, are great. I, mean, I I don't even <laughs> I don't even dislike them. I just feel so left out because I don't I mean, enjoy them. <laughs> They'll remake all of them. You can get back on board. What? I, no, I don't also, think. Also, just read the books. I've tried. Oh. I have tried. So I tried to read the first Harry Potter three different times, and mm. both times I gave up before you even got to Hogwarts. So fun fact, I skipped the first book and went straight to the second and had a great time. Maybe I and should try I that. And then I read the first book to understand some of the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I got into it. Okay, well, I'd like to move on to how we each think we could fix this. Um I'm going to go first. And this, I I did a little bit of lead up to this. Mm -hmm. I was saying somebody who was attached to this, who I think should have been given the reins. Uh, Apparently he was attached to direct. And the only reason he stepped away was because they forbade him from using his cinematographer um, and uh, something else, maybe his own screenwriter. I'm not entirely sure how this worked, but David Cronenberg. Oh, was attached yes. to direct this. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to Crash. 
Yes. In that, that's, which is yeah, not the yeah, yeah. Oscar-winning crash. No. The better car crash. The better, not Oscar-winning film crash with uh, Deborah Unger. The movie that can James probably Spader. confused a lots of like old people, oh, parents God. on cable. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of that. Oh, God. Yeah. But I think you give this weird movie to David Cronenberg Yep. He makes it Cronenberg weird. Yeah. And then I'm much happier with things not making sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he has his own sort of weird operatic thing. Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. Totally. So that's my thing is like, he wants to use his own cinematographer. Fine. Mm-hmm. Put that cinematographer on something else. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's fine. Do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my fix. Honestly, that that is it. Tobin? I love that idea. Um, and so uh, to piggyback on that idea, I, I think the what I would do to this movie is I think the bones of it you could you could remain. You're gonna let's, let's say you're gonna give it to uh, to Cronenberg to make, and then I think I would make him smart, make uh, Doctor Glass smart. I think if he were smart and a good psychiatrist, it could be interesting, especially if you have. And then what you do is you take you take uh, the Catherine Trammell character and keep her a mystery, and he's he, he's trying to figure her out. He's like, oh, I can yeah. crack this, and I don't. I we know. Well, you know how I feel about the Dark Knight. <laughs> Just not good. But one thing I like about the Dark Knight is that the Joker character's backstory is never, and it's play, they play with it not revealing what made the Joker the Joker. Right. And so if you could do that here and not. Like have a lot of shifting possible narratives about who she is and why she does it. And every time he thinks he's got it, something else happens and it slips away from him. And that's what drives him crazy is mm-hmm. not being able to like crack her in some way, like figure her out in some way. Mm-hmm. That I think could be. That's interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. And that is closer to what happens in Basic Instinct 1 mm-hmm. with uh, Gene Triplehorn. Yep. Um, oh, so yeah, right. Um, and I, I like that putting it in, in, a, in, in you know, uh, with the male psychologist in that. And I, I totally agree with having her in the background because right now I feel like they're competing for main character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can have multiple main characters. I'm not saying you can't don't mm-hmm. tweet at me, but it takes <laughs> some skill that is not evident in this script or in the direction or in the edit. I don't know where, it's, especially if you're going to have a movie that's going to twist at the end, yeah. like mm-hmm. put, give us a character's point of view and then say, Oh, you know what? You didn't see all of this stuff or right. something like that. As opposed to like, Trying to make it everybody's movie. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Hmm. Sam, what do you think? Um, if you're going to keep basically the same movie, which is a dumb, bad movie, mm-hmm. just give us like the, the a, a real conclusion. Just tell us who really did it. That's what I feel like. <laughs> if it's going to be a bad movie, it just needs to have an answer so we don't have to think about how stupid and bad it was. <laughs> um, but my idea was honestly basically what you said, where I wanted it to just be grimier like like Cronenberg. RoboCop. Yeah. Like when you told me the RoboCop director did it, I was like, oh, this, I bet that movie's grimy. This movie needs to be way grimier and not so like in the light of day. Still. You're just seeing every flaw of it. Yeah. Yeah. Really have much or moments that pull you into that grime mm-hmm. or something. Like I like the idea of her interrupting the, the as you said, like the sort of stuffy. Mm-hmm. You know, British yeah. people like where. OK, so what does that world look like then that she has? I hate to use this word, but the, like that she's infected. Uh-huh. Like, how does it visually change? Because it doesn't. Everything looks the same in this movie. It looks like they're in like the same block or something. The whole movie. Even when know. she goes to the orgy. Yeah. Like yeah. she goes to the orgy and it, it looks all, like it's just it, upstairs. It's like the orgy the, next door. Yeah. 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 It could totally be her apartment. 
you know, yeah, or upstairs <laughs> from the club that they were at. Or yeah, like, like there, there, yeah, there was there was something lacking uh-huh. there uh, for just giving us a different feeling of like, okay, but what's her world? Yeah, it seems like she should be changing their world, but mm-hmm. she's not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I would have loved to have seen Verhoeven direct. <laughs> or yeah, if it was just made in the '90s, maybe it just it would have held up better somehow too. It mm. just would have had the grime on it already, just because. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been shot the way it was or something like yeah. that. Make it earlier. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Don't fight so much and just make the stupid movie earlier. <laughs> I mean, that's really true. Something that we didn't really talk about. The first Basic Instinct, 1992. This is before Seven. Um, mm-hmm. This is uh, right after Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's still this period of thrillers being transgressive and basic instinct was very transgressive right. and it really pushed buttons. And I remember as a kid, there's a moment where they're shining a black light uh, across mm-hmm. things. And one of the cops says there's cum stains all over the the bed. And I was watching it with my mom <laughs> and I l- was legitimately shocked that they had said the word cum in a movie. Hell well, on this one, they say it like 14 well, times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Like it's no longer transgressive. Yeah. Right. It's just, noise now right you know right and so that that's also something that it's fighting an uphill battle but it didn't seem to be trying to fight that battle yeah <laughs> so right. i wasn't aware there was a battle to fight yeah <laughs> i was like oh yeah sharon stone's nude i'm like yeah and <laughs> right. yeah. I, I she's taken very good care of herself yeah. uh, there you go Basically. although i think she smokes and sharon you should stop that's that's where we'll that's my, <laughs> that's my hot take stop smoking uh, uh maya yeah how would you fix this um well my main thing was that i wish it hadn't copied the plot of the first movie essentially and just like switched the the main yeah. like opposite guy uh because it inevitably invites comparisons if you're copying the plot so i think if i were to change the plot i don't know i would have maybe created a situation where they are forced to work with Catherine because I don't know maybe like there's like a copycat killer or something or somebody's like imitating your books and so like she and they have to work with her because it's like well it's kind of like your book so help us please and then and then she starts fucking with them yes yeah yeah like that I'm a fan of that (laughs) right and And then then, directed by David Cronenberg yeah (laughs) um Although, as I was thinking about it, it kind of feels maybe a little bit like um, Silence of the Lambs, I guess, in that way, that you're, like, forced to work with, um, like, a potentially evil person and whatever. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like basic – it doesn't feel like copying Mm -hmm. your own thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do have to be careful. You don't want it to be a carbon copy of Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. But But those are two very different types of serial killers, too. Like, you're working with with, um, Hannibal Lecter to catch, like, uh, more, like – um, what's a Buffalo, Buffalo Bill? Bill. Yeah. He's more like a mm-hmm. grimy, like a serial killer, more traditional serial killer. Mm. And this one would be like her versus like a younger version of herself, basically, right? Sure, yeah, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Was it cool. maybe Sigourney Weaver copycat? Yeah, yeah. What was the plot of that? Was that similar? We happened to do it on uh, the Contenders. You did not too long ago. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, uh, y- what was the plot of that movie? That's a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she's an agoraphobic. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is an agoraphobic um, serial killer uh, specialist who then has to venture right. out into the world to try and solve 
Mm. Is it a Sam oh, okay. Lamb ripoff? Yeah. Totally. Okay. Cool. Harry Connick Jr. Harry I think Connick is... Jr. Is he the bad guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm. come on. <laughs> His face is too nice. He, they give yeah. him they give him crazy teeth. Oh, good, good. He's too he, handsome. He's not out in the world. He's in prison and Hannibal Lecter. There's a, there's oh, a copycat see. of you know it's a yeah sure. Holly Hunter's great in the movie because it's Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Yeah. And Sigourney Weaver is good too. Holly Hunter is great in Batman, Batman versus, versus Superman. Superman when she has to pick up a jar of pee and then blow up. But she has the best reaction. Like she's great when she sees it and she stops mid sentence. She's great. Yeah, she's a pro. That, she's a pro. That, <laughs> and you hear stories about her that like before she was famous and uh-huh. it's like make it's endearing. Just the more I learn about Holly Hunter, the more I'm like, you rule Holly Hunter. <laughs> so anyway, Maya, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Oh, I mean, that was pretty much it. I would just change the plot in the movie. <laughs> cool I think a one overall fix that I, I said at the beginning is I also I think if you kept this basically the same and didn't call it basic instinct. I would also be okay Nobody with Nobody would have even noticed it happened, and it would be fine. It yeah. would play on TBS every now and then, like in the afternoon. Yeah. And right. nobody would think one way or the other of it. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, our next uh, segment – I'm running out of steam, you guys. Our next <laughs> segment is uh, all about ratings and how we would each rate this. My rating system – we each have our own rating system, but mine is which Star Wars movie is it? Um. I'm going to go with Rogue One because it's it looks good. It's stupid. And there's so much producer meddling and trying to shoehorn things in, like that ice pick scene, <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you remember ice picks? And that was all of Rogue One to me. You remember this rebel pilot from A New Hope? Well, we have digitally added him. I don't care. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, but it's a good looking film. And uh, I feel the same way about this. Tobin? I uh, use the Torgo scale, uh, one to five Torgos, based on how much wh- how much is there in this movie to recommend it. There's not a lot to recommend, but it's not because it's terrible. It's because, like Sam, like you're saying, it's generic. There's, the genericness of it is kind of smothering. So I'm going to give yeah. it one and a half Torgos, uh, three quarters of a Torgo, because I think it does look really nice, like you're saying. And then three half of Torgos, because uh, David Morrissey is in it, and I think he's... This is a the main character. The, the main actor is a, um, a, a royal dramatic royal academy of the dramatic arts trained Shakespearean royal Shakespearean company trained actor. Um, who is not great in the movie, but like he holds he holds some scenes together. I don't know. I'm I liked him. I was I was I believed him. I believed him. Yes, yes. I didn't believe Sharon Stone. He should have been yeah. in a different. You know, they should not have been in the same movie together. Yeah, I agree. But uh, put a different person in her role, and I'm with him in the movie. Yeah, so, I, I agree with that. One and a half torcos. Okay, if you, Sam. If I recommended this to somebody, I would be like embarrassed. I think to talk to them about it afterwards, because I think the only question would be like, why, one way or the other, would you want me to see that movie? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? Uh, I see. This is the benefit of people knowing me uh-huh. is I can say, yeah, but I recommend it because it's so bad. Right. And you would know that up front. I would tell you, no, you need to see how weird Sharon Stone's performance yeah. is. Yeah. This is bad and really confusing. Way. Yeah. It's bad and really confusing. So if you, if you did that, uh-huh. I wouldn't ask you any questions. I'd come back and go, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, mine is the European toilet system. So in Europe, <laughs> the toilets have two buttons, one for a big flush to flush down poop, one for a little flush to flush down pee. This is how many buttons of pushes and combos of pushes you'd have to do to flush it down the toilet. Are you familiar with the concept of a ghost poop? Oh, my God. Are you? I don't think, I don't so when know. You poop, 
Okay, I'm going to explain it out for you. <laughs> right. You poop, you have a perfectly normal poop, but then you wipe and there's no poop on your butt, and then you look and you can't see the poop in the toilet because it went right down the tube. That's what this movie is. Oh. It's a ghost poop because it's nothing. It's like unpleasant and weird, <laughs> but it's also just like will evaporate out of my brain tomorrow probably <laughs> and uh, I guess you push the poop flush but I don't really like need to flush because <laughs> I don't really feel one way or the other about it it's a ghost poop that's pretty good it's actually. a poop flush yeah. I guess I'm I guess very upset now <laughs> <It doesn't... laughs> I just don't like talking about poop no, I think. I'm sorry no, that's okay I think that's just my that's my visual now thank you yeah. for that, so. <laughs> there's no visual there's no poop <laughs> it's just an empty toilet anybody could walk in and look in the toilet and think nobody pooped in this toilet but somebody did <laughs> <laughs> that really is. I'm telling that that sums up the movie. That's, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I honestly, yeah, I will probably forget this by this time yeah. tomorrow. I, Fair, which is mind blowing <laughs> to me. So, Maya, what's your rating system? Uh, so, my rating system is um, uh, J.K. Rowling's sort of retroactive additions to the Harry Potter canon, uh, which range from like, whatever, JK, you do you, to, oh my gosh, this is horrible, please stop talking. <laughs> so uh, on that scale, this kind of, I feel like this is the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child um, addition to the basic instinct universe, uh, which... Distinctiverse is what we call it. The what? The stinktiverse. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, so, like, it's a thing that exists in the world, and some people like it, and that's fine, but not really necessary. Yeah. Um, doesn't really add anything to the story. You kind of got to um, go out of your way to see it, I feel like. Yeah. You got to seek it out. Yeah. But, like, you don't need you don't need it to, to have, like, a full experience <laughs> of that universe. So. Fair. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we'll move on to our final segment, which is called Real Good, where we recommend something real good for you to watch instead of this. I think all of us would recommend Basic Instinct 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out. But I'm going to recommend uh, a Cronenberg film, which is if you liked elements of this, you should watch Crash. Um, it's an upsetting film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's classic Cronenberg. It will upset you. But it is also very well made, interesting uh, wonderful actors. James Spader uh, is in it um, at like height of James Spader being James Spader. Like yeah. it's so good. It's not parody of himself. No, yet. this no. is yeah. He's yeah. not also he's not teen James Spader. Right. No. Right. He's yeah. strange man James. Yes. Spader. <laughs> he's strange man James Spader. A uh, wonderful cast. Uh, just a really good upsetting uh, thriller. Yeah. Uh, with some body horror elements, um, as per. David Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. Sam, what's your real good? Um, so this movie reminded me a lot of the newest season of Twin Peaks. I don't know if anybody here has seen it. But yes, I have. No. It has that same feeling of just like not really being set anywhere and being too shiny. And there's just like something upsetting about it. Mm-hmm. But it that's like the point of that. Right. You're getting that feeling and that kind of production quality to make you feel like you're watching something that shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then by the end, it's like they've played with it enough that you understand that that's kind of the joke of it or like the subversion of whatever you were wanting out of Twin Peaks of it. So you have to watch all of Twin Peaks to understand it, but I would recommend, (laughs) and even then you won't, you have to read a lot of books and interviews. Yeah. Watch some interviews. (laughs) I mean, at the minimum you need to watch two seasons in a movie. 
Yes, at the minimum. And then and you got to watch the third season. And it's right. one good season. Another season of that's just is there. Where the end is really good. Very great season. end. Yep. Some yep. weird yep. stuff in the middle and involving yep. orphans and stuff. Yep. And a movie <laughs> that is extremely upsetting. But it was so. But it's also really good. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Fire Walk with me is really yes, upsetting and yeah. good yeah. in the, in the way that only Lynch can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. yeah, and sad. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that movie is really sad. I I recommend. I have not seen the second season of <laughs> Twin oh, Peaks. Really? I've only seen the first season and Fire Walk With Me. And not oh. even the last episode of the second season? No. What the heck? Yeah. I, well, because, okay, so when I started watching Twin Peaks, only the first season was out on DVD. Mm. And there was this long period yeah. where the second season was just not available anywhere. Right. And then in that time, I heard a bunch, I just read a bunch and talked to a bunch of people who were all just like, oh, don't watch it. It's god awful. <laughs> Because Lynch got like basically pushed out, he left he, to go like, make Wild at Heart he and stuff. Stormed off. Wait, well, he stormed off. Yeah, didn't yeah. get pushed out. Like they were making him do things that he was like, "That's not what this series is about." <laughs> and he yeah. then after it failed, basically, they're like, "Oh, you can come back." And so he got to make like what one or two episodes. Yeah, uh, the um, last two or something like that. Yeah, and then he made Fire Walk with Me as a quote unquote ending. Yeah, but it's also kind of a prequel. It's a prequel so yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it plays with time and everything. So I love all that, and I haven't watched the newest season, even though I, I really want to. You gotta finish the okay. sec. You gotta watch the second season. I'm sorry. There are a couple great episodes he directs early on where they have forced him to reveal the killer of Laura Palmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. even though seven. it's a bad idea to have him do make him do that, those episodes are spectacular yeah. oh wow okay um and her performance sarah stone's performance in this reminded me of laura palmer mm. where she is like putting on this facade but yeah. really there's just like some demon inside of her that's mm. making her do these horrible things but that's not really what sharon stone was meaning to do but it also no. felt like some kind of extra dimensional beast would walk <laughs> from around a corner and just like scare them for a second <laughs> a sharon stone shaped beast <laughs> yeah just a void of sharon stone would walk out and stare at you for three minutes and then your hair would turn gray and that would be then the next scene would just start and it would be fine yeah that's uh huh. <laughs> That's pretty much what we got. All right, Maya, what's your real good? Uh, my real good is Gone Girl. Um, because, oh, okay. Yeah, if you want a movie that has murder and some sex and a really good twist, that is a movie that has all those things. Excellent. It's a movie I have not seen. I like Fincher. Dude, so good. I like Fincher a lot. I, mm-hmm. I felt for a while he was kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Gone Girl was that, but I've had enough people tell me that no, Gone Girl's terrific. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd mm-hmm. like to watch. I also love Rosamund Pike. Yeah, like, she's so good. Deeply love Rosamund Pike. Mm-hmm. So uh, excellent. Yeah. I will check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Wait, can I say one more? No. I have no, to, yeah, real of course quick. You. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away about this movie, but it's. Uh, I gotta see who directed it. Well, while you're looking that up, I will say this too. Like, I like a sexy movie. I really do. A, a, a lot of people, because I often complain about like forced relationships in movies, just get them out of here. I hate it. And I don't like relationships that don't belong mm-hmm. in movies. Mm-hmm. But if that's the point of the movie, I'm all there for it. Mm-hmm. And so like the first basic instinct, like it was a, the, the sex was a big part of it. Right. And these weird relationships were a big part of it. And so I'm there for it. And, you know, the same can be true of a film that is positive about things like that as well. Like mm-hmm. I like it. And so I wanted to like this at times because it's like, oh, it's a sexy movie. You don't get to see sexy movies. Everything has to be PG now. Right. You know, it's, I was so excited when Fury Road came out because it's like, it's rated R. It's for me, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I was just, I wasn't even like 
uncomfortable during yeah. the sex. I was just sort of like, okay, well, let's move on. Let's yeah. <laughs> I felt it's a, it was as generic, apart from the first scene in the car, it's yeah. as generic as everything else in the movie. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really weird right. and Cause sad. Because the, the sex in the first basic instinct is so specific to the characters in yeah. the movie. Yep. Yes. For better and worse. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and here we did not get that. Right. Agreed. It's just so generic that and it shouldn't be. He's watching an orgy from a rooftop <laughs> and she's staring back at him. Yeah. That should trigger something. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't. That's it's, probably where I was almost falling asleep the most of the, any part of the whole movie. Which really shouldn't be. No. Yeah. Like at that point you should be, okay, I'm up. I'm up. All yeah. right. <clears throat> Give me right. some coffee. It's a South Korean movie called Burning. Have, oh, yeah. have you seen Burning? Totally, yeah. I feel like that movie does what this movie tried to do. And I can't even say anything about yeah. the movie. Yeah. But everybody who wants like a mystery movie with a, a lot of weird shit going on, Burning, South Korean film, Burning from last year. Last year. So it's good. so freaking Oh, wow. Good. It's that recent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. It was, was it like the best movie I saw last year. Last year yeah. once yeah. I feel like I've yeah. heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. So it's I'll an have experience. To, that's the way to go like, into it, right? Not knowing, not knowing okay. anything. anything about it. Yeah. I will try to find this movie. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Tobin. Only because I want my I want my, la- I want my last one to count. Yes. So I got so I got a few. Oh Jesus! Oh, okay. <laughs> He's got a page of them. Just just because in the course of the conversation, I do feel like I need to uh, sort of resuscitate Sharon Stone's reputation a little bit. <laughs> so in addition to the first basic instinct, watch Casino if you haven't seen Casino yet. This was her Oscar-nominated performance, the Scorsese movie from 1995. Is it that old? Yeah, it's that old. Wow. And she is spectacular in this movie. Um, and and because when when Nick wrote me the text to say, is she, is she bad? And then I said, no, with a good director, she's not. Also in that same vein, there was an HBO series called Mosaic from a couple of years ago that Steven Soderbergh made. Oh, yeah. There was also an app. It was originally designed as an app. Where it just you, went away. You'd follow the you'd follow the character. You could choose which scenes to watch next and piece together the story itself. Wow. And um, she was one of the main characters of it, and is and is very good, and is going to be in his new movie, The Laundromat, which is also going to be very good. But the last thing I'm going to say for, <laughs> for Sharon Stone. So Anna Ferris has a podcast called Unqualified, which I only dip in once in a while. But the Sharon Stone episode. Where at the end of the episode, callers or, or listeners to the podcast have written in with like questions about life, mm-hmm. and then the they, they all sit around and like give advice. It, like ends up being an advi- advice show. S- Sharon Stone's advice at the end of that podcast shoot for like an hour and a half, she gives advice, and it's wonderful. Wow, she's so warm and caring, but like get your shit together, and you know it's. it's I will listen wonderful. to this tonight. Yeah, so go go find this, and it takes a little while to get into it. And then once once they hit that part, like the last hour of it is is pretty spectacular, and you will come away, I think, feeling I, I hope as I did, very warm toward Sharon Stone. Huh. Awesome. Sharon Stone is um, from everything I've ever seen her interview. She is no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, and you ask her a question, she is going to answer it, and sometimes <laughs> that can be painful or uncomfortable. But she's she's also very smart. Like she is wildly she would she would murder me in a wits contest. Like she's <laughs> a very smart human. Um, and so I would love to hear her just give out life advice. They I remember also there was one where uh, during the uh, Harvey Weinstein um, thing, some reporter asked her, like, have you ever been um, oh, yes. sexually, you know, um, Discri- not discriminate. Um, what the heck is the word? It's like not- harassed. Harassed. Or- thank yeah. you. 
asked her, have you ever been sexually harassed? And before the question was even done, she burst out yeah. laughing. Yeah. Like, what kind of dumb question is that? Like, and so it's, it's sad on one end, but it's really, there's something empowering about watching her answer these questions and her specifically making people uncomfortable. So yeah, cosign. And I'm going to go listen to that podcast. Yeah, it's good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on to talk about this generic movie. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. Maya, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at that Maya. At that Maya. Sam, how about you? On Twitter at Slam Schultz and on SciShow Tangents Podcast and soon on Real Love Again. We're still working on it. <laughs> I want to go on. Well, when your show's gone, then maybe our show will start. Oh, that's true. To take the place. Yeah. Okay. I still want to come on. and We're going to let you. Okay. We're going to let you be on all you want. All right. Great. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington. I've been off for August, but I'm coming back on in September. And uh, Why are you coming back? I, it's so terrible. <laughs> no, it's fun. I love Twitter. <laughs> I, 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 you know, uh, some some tweets bring me joy. So I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna. I will dip, try dip to bring you joyful treat, tr- treat tweets, <laughs> tweet tweets, treat like tweets. tweets too. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. try to bring you some joyful tweets. <laughs> and I have a podcast with my sister called The Contenders, and you can find us on Twitter at Contenders. No, it's been so long now since I've been on Twitter. Contenders uh, underscore pod. Contenders That's underscore it. pod. At yeah, contenders I think underscore so. pod. That's it. Okay. Oh my god! And <laughs> I go out with a fizzle. Okay, fine. <laughs> Thank you guys for doing uh, this with me. I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. Oh, I do know. I do know what we're doing next. Ha 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 ha! We are delving back into the Hellraiser series. So uh, I am. I am. I am excited. But until then, this has been real bad. <laughs>